Welcome to this online act of worship at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist today on this All Saints Sunday. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely looking to Jesus in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you 
and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Will you please stand? Almighty God, 
you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Grant us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those inexpressible joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Amen. Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of Daniel. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. So he told me, and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom for ever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. from the letter to the Ephesians. In Christ, according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will, we who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, 
I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power in us who believe, according to the working of his great might which he accomplished in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him sit at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. 
Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you, and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you that hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from him who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and of him who takes away your goods, do not ask them again. And as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Many years ago, when I was training for the ministry, I overheard a conversation between one of my fellow students and the vicar at whose church he was on placement at that time. And they were discussing possible dates when the student might go and preach there. How about the 17th of March, suggested the vicar. Is that any good for you? Excellent, enthused the student. It's St Patrick's Day. I can use that as my theme. There was rather an awkward pause after which the clergyman responded with considerably less enthusiasm. Ah, I'm afraid that we don't really do saints at our church. There are certain strands of Protestant Christianity, including some parts of the Church of England, that have always been wary, to say the least, of the whole idea of sainthood. The roots of that kind of suspicion go right back to the Reformation and to Luther's emphasis upon the profound fallenness of all human beings, from which we are redeemed solely and exclusively by faith through the grace of God. That kind of Protestant wariness about sainthood and the argument that goes with it goes something like this. If human beings are innately sinful and Jesus alone is sinless, what possible place can there be for the, the idea that certain individual human beings are saintly? let alone any scope for the veneration of the saints and of saintly relics, and still less for any notion that one might actually pray to God through the mediation of saints. And if that is the case, what place can the idea of sainthood possibly have within any kind of good biblically-based Protestant faith? Although here I must interject one immediately hits another kind of paradox amongst Christians who hold that kind of view, because it is that very same wing of Protestantism, the one that rejects the sainthood, the idea of sainthood, that has also elevated the writings of a fallen human being, namely St Paul, to what is in effect divine and infallible status, because his letters are now incorporated within what we know as the New Testament. And the decision for their inclusion in the biblical canon was taken by a group of fallible human beings sitting around a table sometime in the middle of the third century. I've never really been able to get my head fully around 
that kind of double thing, that we don't do saints. But the writings of St. Paul are actually infallible. Uh, there's a bit of a tension there for me. Anyway, I digress. I have to admit that there are certain manifestations of saintly veneration that I myself have always struggled with. When my children were still very small, my late father-in-law, who was a very devout Irish Roman Catholic, used to give them little tracts designed for children published by the Catholic Truth Society that he picked up at his local Catholic church. And there were little booklets all about the lives of the saints. And they were without exception, stories about immaculately pious and impeccably well-behaved young children who always stood out from the ordinary children around them because of their squeaky clean piety. And these were children who grew up to dedicate their lives selflessly to the church and in service to the poor. Such tracts were clearly intended to inspire similarly pious and worthy behaviour in their little recipients. Unfortunately, they did not have the desired effect upon my own offspring, who found both the tone and the content of those publications decidedly yucky, as did I. However, having said all of this, there are nevertheless two very important things to remember about saints. First, that the idea of the communion of saints, about which I'm going to say a bit more in a moment, is a central Christian doctrine that right, dates right back to the dawn of the Christian faith. Indeed, we, we affirm our belief in the communion of saints when we say the words of the creed together. And secondly, as I remind myself each year on this All Saints Sunday, we need to remember that the idea of sainthood is a thoroughly biblical one. When St Paul writes to the newly founded churches, he invariably addresses his recipients, the ordinary members of those new churches, as saints. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, to give but one example. St Paul does so because, from his point of view, for all of us to be part of the body of Christ, the church, requires that we are, in some sense, set apart. That's what the word saint and the word sanctification actually mean. It's about set-apartness, but not requiring that we are squeaky clean or perfect or pious or fallible. It simply means that we are called to live differently. And for that reason, if you want to know what a saint really looks like, just look around you in church. You see, there's a sense in which the idea of sainthood in the Christian life is very similar to the idea of sacraments. In sacraments, God takes something very ordinary, bread, wine, water, or your life, or my life, or the life of the person sitting next to you, and does something remarkable with it bringing transformation, suffusing it with the grace of God. That is what we are called to be, transformed by the love and grace of God. We are called to be sanctified. We are called to be saints. We are not called to be perfect, but we are called to live differently. So I find it very significant that the gospel reading set for this morning is St Luke's very punchy version of what many of us know rather more familiarly as St Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. In our reading, who are the blessed according to Jesus? Are they the spiritual superheroes, the pious, the squeaky clean, the successful, those who are on top of life? Not a bit of it. No, it is the poor, the hungry, those who weep, those who are hated and reviled. It is they, those people, who receive God's blessing because the rich, the well-fed and the comfortable have their reward already. Far from being the powerful and the able who are the blessed, it's ex the exact opposite. It is those who are most vulnerable and most in need. And why might that be? Well, it seems to me that Oscar Wilde was absolutely right when he said, 
insightfully and poignantly, how else but through a broken heart may Lord Christ enter in? Because as long as we fool ourselves that we are in charge, we are on top of life, we are in control of our own destinies, that we have no need of anyone or anything else, we are completely self-sufficient. So long as we have that kind of mindset, we shall have no room in our lives for God. Because how could we possibly be aware of our own need of God's grace, of God's love, of God's forgiveness? And if we can recognise our own need of God, conversely, we are much more likely to be able to understand our need of compassion to other people. Seen in this light, the whole idea of the communion of saints starts to make some kind of sense, to me at least, because those whose lives are being transformed by the love and grace of God are in the process drawn ever deeper into the life of God. And a life that is truly with God and in God can only be a life of praise and adoration and prayer. And a life of prayer only makes sense if it is a life that not only connects us with God, but also reaches out in love and compassion to our broken world and draws us all up into that life of, of prayer surrounding God, the life of the communion of saints. And we are called to live differently. Listen to what Luke says in, his gospel, in our gospel reading. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Can't get much more different than that as a lifestyle, as a life to which we might aspire as disciples of Christ. Not easy, but very, very different. Every single congregation of which I've ever been a member or where I've ministered has had its saints. Every single one, including this one here at St Bride's. What do I mean by that? Not that we have people in our midst with gleaming halos who live exemplary lives of pious devotion to God, whose feet never quite touch the ground. And thank heavens for that. No, the saints of which I speak are like the saints of the Bible, complex fallen creatures like the rest of us. If you look at St. Paul himself and the disciples surrounding Jesus, all of whom the church now commemorates as major saints, they were the most ramshackle bunch of individuals imaginable. Fallen, selfish, cowardly, mistaken, sometimes even foolish. They were, after all, ordinary human beings with ordinary human failings, just like the rest of us. Because the Bible is not remotely interested in idealised plaster saints, such as those who featured in the ghastly child, uh, children's tracts that my lovely uh, but late, late father-in-law used to pass on to us. On the contrary, the call to be saintly is a call to each and every one of us, whoever and whatever and wherever we are, to open ourselves to the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the peace of God, regardless of our failings and because of our failings. The point about saints is not that they are perfect, but that despite all their human folly and failings, they have become people of such simple, transparent goodness that somehow they have become channels of God's grace. The light of God's love shines through them, which is why they bring light and warmth and hope into the lives of those around them, sometimes simply by their very presence. There's a prayer in common worship that we've sometimes used in the past at the very end of the communion service that includes these words to, at the end of the service. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the spirit lights bring light to the world. So, fellow saints, all of you, know that you are all called to be transformed, called to be vehicles of God's love and bearers of his grace called to live differently and know above all that you do not have to be perfect or pious or holy in order to do that 
You just have to open your hearts to receive his love. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten part made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Lord of the morning, we thank you for the many blessings you give us each day and for bringing us together this morning. We ask you to hear the prayers we offer. We pray for your church throughout the world and for the Church of St. Bride. This morning we commemorate All Saints Day following in the footsteps of those who have worshipped here throughout the ages. We pray for King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla as they take up new responsibilities. May they gain strength from their faith, their service to this nation and the Commonwealth. For Alison, our rector, Jeff and Steve, our associate priests, and everyone who has made this broadcast possible. Watch over our family and friends who we do not often see and keep them safe. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. God of the nations, we pray for peace and harmony in war-torn regions throughout our troubled world. For those whose lives are endangered by natural disasters and remembering especially the victims of the conflict in Ukraine. For the injured and bereaved who may never know closure we pay tribute to the men and women, past and present, serving in our armed services to protect our freedom, and for those working in the local and national media who risk their lives in faraway lands to keep us informed. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Father of hope and compassion, we bring to your care all who are unhappy, for those who live in fear of what the current economic recession may bring, those facing redundancy and financial distress, all who live alone feeling unloved and isolated and generally finding life difficult to cope with. Give them comfort in their misery when each day seems long and arduous. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Healing God, we ask you to touch those who are unwell and suffering and make them better. Give peace to the anxious, courage to the fearful, and rest to the weary. God of the spirits, we gather in prayer and remember those we have loved, 
who once shared in our laughter and tears, and who are now at rest in your eternal kingdom, where the clouds of earth's sorrow are lifted. Their memory shines brightly as the stars that light up the darkest night. These are the lights that guide us in our daily lives, the stars we have loved, remember and cherish in our hearts. In a moment of quietness, we bring before you all known personally to us who are in need and those who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, who created all creatures, we ask your blessing on the animals that enrich our lives, particularly our pets, who are our constant companions. Guard and protect small creatures that have no voice. As the daylight hours gradually shorten, we reach for you from our quiet places. During these uncertain times, we are feeling unsure and anxious. But birds still sing and waves still sweep the shore. And with the rising and setting of the sun, the beauty of nature's chorus is a constant harmony that forever and always will be. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? We are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God through Christ our Lord, who came and preached peace to those who were far off and those who were near. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. God, the source of all holiness and giver of all good things, may we who have shared at this table as strangers and pilgrims here on earth be welcomed with all your saints to the heavenly feast on the day of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. a city with eternal foundations, give you grace to share the inheritance of the saints in glory, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.